Do you have a philosophy of the law that guides your approach? Yeah, I suppose I do have a personal philosophy, and um, that is of the law as a profession. And and what a profession is for is um, for providing for a family. Mm. So for me, uh, I grew up with a father who was a lawyer who ran a law firm. My mom was his legal secretary, and um, I really inherited my philosophy of what law is from him. And he was just a very family-oriented person who chose an unglamorous niche within the big, wide, multifaceted world of legal practice. Um, And he made that his home so that he could make us our home. Mm. And he has been very active in his little legal niche. Um, And that has often been mistaken for a love of the law. Um, And he has been very quick to correct anyone who addresses it that way and and, uh, lets them know that it's uh, a love of his family. And so for me, that's what the law was. The law was bread and butter. It was caring for your family. It was um, knowing that there's something in the world that you have the skills to do that serves other people in a way that, you know, provides for you and yours. <laughs> that was such a fascinating answer. And one, one of the things that was most fascinating to me about it is that both of my parents are lawyers. My mom does not practice anymore. She changed careers, but they met in law school. And my dad also actually is pretty much retired. So like the lawyering phase has passed, but so, so like, I also come from a house where like the law, provides for the family, but their answers would have been so different than that. Oh, really? Which I find fascinating. And so what I heard in your answer is that you relate to law, you and your your family relate to law almost like a substance. Like it's a, it's like a material that you work with to ply a trade. Is yes. That, does that yes. resonate? Like you, you relate to it as like a trade. Yes, Absolutely. What are some of the qualities of the material of the law that when you work with them, like give you a sense of like flow in your, in your labor? Um, I suppose that um, in the legal niche that we practice in, um, there are uh, the facts that our clients bring us and there are the opinions that have been decided by similar cases that have gone to trial. And then there's a like dynamic um, where those facts and opinions meet and I'm presenting them to someone who we're negotiating with. And they're also working with those same materials in their negotiations with me. And we ultimately are like, just meeting our minds around the material. And that's the ultimate um, end of every client's work that I do for them is my mind meeting with the mind of somebody else Mm -hmm. who's working with this material in a similar way. Um, And it feels 
like a lot more is going on. I think there's a lot more in the performance of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, we're agreeing about what a person is entitled to based on the materials available. Uh-huh. So that's like the product, an agreement or an alignment yes. uh, of views is like the end result. It's like the sculpted work that the material turns into. Yeah, that's, that's right. So cool. The the I we I'm conscious of like where we live in different countries. Like the the legal systems are probably different enough that I have to like ask basic questions in order to not like assume things work some way <laughs> that are totally different where you are. Um are is most of your work in uh like across the table like that or do you have any uh like are are there trial components to the kind of law that you practice? Um, there are definitely similar trial components in, in like criminal law here and all of that kind of stuff. But mm. I practice tort, um, uh. which would be very similar in your country where it's about reaching negotiated settlements um, mm-hmm. and only in the rarest, most complex of cases uh, do um, cases like ours end up in a trial context. Mm-hmm. Has that Have you ever been in a courtroom? as an attorney? No, um, I've, I've represented our firm to a taxation officer. Um, that's about as close as I've been to that. I was in a courtroom, uh, virtually for my bar ad when I got to pass Uh the bar, as they say. Um, but I've never needed to, um, present anything to a judge. Everything is always negotiated between lawyers and and those kinds of representatives. I guess that's good, right? I mean, it means nothing's ever gone super sideways. Yes, I hope I never run a trial. I, the The reason I brought it up is because I wanted to know about like the performance aspects of the trade. Mm-hmm. Um, and you you said something earlier that 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 kind of hinted in that direction of like the the way. Like, there's protocol, right? There's like a dance that happens, and there you know there's there are very clear kind of rules and steps to the dance. Um, yes. Can, can you talk about uh, f- the feeling of like being in lawyer mode in a, as like a, per- as a performance for you? Like, is that, is that, is that a, like an, an, like a costume or a character that you enjoy inhabiting? Um, do I enjoy it? It's interesting. I suppose the way I relate to it most is, um, through the analogy of like speaking a second language. Um, and so most of what I'm performing as a lawyer is, um, in the capacity of like a translator, I'm translating the legal language to my clients so that they understand their situation Uh and they're telling me what they need and, and, and what they've been through. And I'm translating that into the legal language so that I can Uh communicate it to the other side. And the other side is, you know, they're, they're speaking to me in their own legal language, but because we both have that sort of shared second language, I find myself seeing through that often and being able to imagine what's being translated in and out of the legal language on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the performance is in the agreement to use this shared legal language mm-hmm. um, to negotiate in this sort of civil and particular manner um, rather than 
I suppose, arguing the way that that the client on the other side might argue if they didn't have these intermediaries who would conduct this language for them. Mm-hmm. The, something we heard in, in our house a lot when we were kids is that my younger brother would make a great lawyer. Like that was a line that he got when he was being argumentative with my parents. Uh, and, and, and I think it wasn't just about like his, his like reactions. I think it was also that he was always very, um, linear in his thought process. He had, he had, he constructed arguments on the fly and it was like, sometimes they couldn't get out of them, you know? Mm -hmm. And that set a very, my dad was a trial lawyer. So he, he did like sort of get up before in front of a judge and, and make a case. And so there was also that sort of theatrical aspect to it that I think that they saw in, in my brother too. But something that I was always, um, that I personally wasn't cut out for was what, what felt to me like the oppositional nature of it. And it sounds like that's something that you handle very virtuosically in this sort of translator role. Like you just concentrate on the material and it like, it's a procedure that has to happen. Does that ever get to you though? Like the fact that you're sort of facing somebody and trying to, trying to win, uh, how, how does, how does that factor into your experience? I, I find that I'm really quite comfortable with, um, performing this service where everyone wants to argue with me. (laughs) <laughs> um, my client wants to argue with me. The other side wants to argue with me. Um, that doesn't um, bother me very much. I don't take it very personally. Um, and I find that to a great extent, my job is to expect everybody to bring that kind of argumentative energy to me. And for me to be able to redirect it into what is actually useful in the situation, Um, whether that's um, helping my clients understand how their interests intersect with the law in a way that I can point the way forward for them, like navigate for them in this strange country that uses this strange language that they don't speak. Um, And then from the other sides, um, there's like a, a way that I... I express a lot of respect for their um, adversarial nature. Um, I know that that's their job is Mm -hmm. to go against me. Mm -hmm. And so I don't take it particularly personally, um, but I'm also able to respond in kind and be equally firm with uh, what, what I'm aware are my, my clients, you know, evidentiary bases for what they're claiming for and whatnot. So it isn't hard for me. I, I do wonder if there's something dispositional about me mm. um, that that suits me well to it. I have Mars on my ascendant right at its degree of exaltation. So the good. idea of spending day in and out arguing is just, <laughs> it doesn't even really phase me at all. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just. <laughs> who you were cosmically at the moment you arrived, it sounds like. Yes, it is. (laughs) Can you tell me a little more about your process of becoming a lawyer in your heart? Like, like it's, I mean, I know it was the family business and like you were, you were sort of shaped by it and I'm sure it felt very natural, but I kind of remember when you were training 
like that was like sort of right when we met. And uh, I remember it being kind of a big deal and you were super stoked when you passed and all that stuff. Like, t- tell me, tell me about how that transformation went for you from the moment of like, oh, I'm going to do this. Like, did, did you always know? And then like, once you knew, how did it, how did the transformation? Yeah, there, it's funny. There is a lot of different kinds of knowing. Um, and I think the earliest kind of knowing was um, just sort of um, planning to get into university, finishing up my high school career and considering that with a father who owns a law firm, there's just not a lot of other professional tracks that will lead so directly to the kind of success where you could, as an individual, support an entire family on your own income. Mm-hmm. And that that's really what matters to me. Um, and so in that sense, I knew that I was going to be a lawyer um, before I started university. Um, I remembered really falling in love in my undergraduate courses, which could not have to do with law. You had to have an undergraduate first before applying to law school. Um, I got really into philosophy um, and I was just loving it. I I really loved philosophy. I loved the work I was doing. Um, I loved being a student there. I loved being alone so much more. And like, it felt freed from the social mess of high school and and the years below. Um, And and in those days, I felt some doubt um, because I maybe had a story that I was supposed to also love law Mm -hmm. uh, the way that I was loving what I was doing now. And that if I moved from something that I loved towards something that I didn't love, that maybe that inherently meant that I was making a mistake. Mm -hmm. And I did take a philosophy of law course once and it was like my least favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so a part of me was very, you know, it, 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 it worried me a little bit that that's how I felt, but I, got into law school nonetheless, uh, in fact, after only two years of undergrad, um, and uh, was the youngest person in the faculty. And I didn't love it, Mm. um, but I was managing. Mm -hmm. And I was going through a lot of other things at the time that made that a really difficult transition. Um, And so it it was very difficult, especially for that, you know, Mars ascendant Mm -hmm. (laughs) to not be going so fast. Um, And my goal, having gotten into law school early would have been to be a lawyer at the ripe old age of 23 Mm -hmm. and and be showing up at my dad's office uh, uh, that early on. Um, But with the growing up that I still needed to do, um, that process took longer and it took me maybe five years or so to get through law school while um, you you can typically get through it in three. Mm-hmm. Um, and in some of those times, I wasn't sure I would be a lawyer just because I wasn't sure I was ever going to like really grow up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I was in, in this um, kind of Dis- discomforting place between uh, being a very wounded adolescent person and and taking on a very adult role, not just in 
the lives of others as a lawyer, but uh, for for myself as a person. And I didn't know if I was really going to be able to hack it. I thought maybe I would fold in on myself before I ever became a real adult. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think when I did pull through and I did finish and pass the bar and all of that, I was not so excited to be a lawyer um, so much as I was so excited to have survived <laughs> that like precipice um, and made the leap of faith into adulthood and, and come out more or less unscathed. It's so beautiful how just like central to being alive and being a human person this is for you. Uh, and I, I want to know what you think, how you think it's going to shape your family and your household as you become a family and head of household person yourself, uh, you know, in the family business what effect do you think this profession, this trade that you apply is going to have on your home as you grow older and your family grows? Yeah, there is like a tremendous sense of generativity to it already. Um, so much of what I already get to enjoy is the feeling of having seen through my father's work um, that that at least one of his children was able to like follow in his footsteps and he has a succession plan for the firm if it lasts Mm -hmm. to the point where he'd like to retire and, and being able to continue his work um, means a lot to me because my connection to him means a lot to me and his, uh, the, the, the model he has been for me of being the provider for a household is something that I want to pass on. And that feels much more important to me than the fact that it, it, it's by being a lawyer that he was the head of our family. It's, it's, I want to be the new head of a family the way that he was a head of the family. Mm. And it makes me really proud to think that I could be able to create the sort of wealth that, our family could live comfortably and my spouse will never feel pressured to take on any sort of work that isn't something that feels like a calling to him. Um, and that I'll hopefully be able to give my children the sort of head start to become whatever it is that they want in life that I feel like my parents were able to give me. Um, And there's something, too, about two very family-oriented people who are, in fact, family running a very family-oriented law firm. Um, Like, what our idea of maternity leave is very different than what you would see in the rest of the professional world. Um, My assistant is going to be bouncing my baby on her knee while I take a call with a client in the other room. And it's, it's just a family space. It's a space for householders. (laughs) It's not a place that has any of the trappings of professionalism. Um, Those would not have resonated with me. 